Welcome to Fit Story TV, the only platform that is focused on storytelling for fitness experts. Our mission with this podcast is to empower you to harness your vulnerability and lead with your story. If this is your first time listening, then make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss out when we drop more fire. Tobias Young, are you ready to record a motherfucking podcast? Let's freaking go. Let's get it, bro. Let's go. If you feel like swearing, by the way, you can just let them out. <laughs> I'm That's so good. used to my crew, right? <laughs> you know what? Having my little girls around me all the time, I'm always watching what I'm saying and stuff. So it's like, man, like I have to like look around and be like, wow, I can actually say whatever. <laughs> Cool. Oh. yeah it's just in, in those moments where then it, it goes too far and you're like fuck 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 like no <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. what is up fit story fan matthew burbridge is back in the motherfucking house and today on fit story tv uh i've got a, a tremendous guest uh for joining me um now if you're joining me though however if this is the first time that you've uh that you've decided to click this and and listen to this episode um, I just want to say I've noticed an influx of downloads since I've been back. So since dropping the last couple episodes, I've seen a, a sharp increase again. So I want to say thank you for the support. Uh, it's super dope that you're doing that as a side note. Thank you. Um, but if you are new and you've never listened to this before, then I should probably just let you know now that Fit Story TV is all about showing the world that vulnerability is, is the glue. It's the glue that binds us together, right? And by getting these guys uh, uh, on the show and sharing real stories, okay, they're going to act as the roadmap for other people to follow who might be stuck. They might be stuck exactly where you used to be, right? So in, a, in order for those people to move forward, listening to your story may be the thing that gives them access to the next step. And sometimes that's all you need to take is the next step. You don't always need to see 10 steps ahead you don't always need to see the end of the line it's just one step so uh that's that's the that's the podcast in a nutshell um and again if you're joining this for the first time thank you strap yourself in this one's gonna be good so i've got the co-founder and if i am wrong here because I, i've been in your group a little while now um but your co-founder right of tnt fit pro explosion that's right yep yeah 100 dope mm-hmm. So, uh, and essentially what you guys are doing, uh, tremendous work. I mean, you're giving fitness professionals like a six figure blueprint, right? You're helping them create the life and business they want. Uh, and, and I think, you know, like all guests that I, ha- that I have on, I actually vet them. Like, uh, I see you've done this shit for yourself. Like, you, and it was funny because I had Chris Mooney on a previous episode and I was saying similar thing to him. Like there's so many online fitness business coaches now but many of them haven't actually done what it is that they're trying to teach you. Uh, and that's dangerous. So, I, I, you know, vetting all the guests, I was like, I've got to get my boy Tobias Young on here because uh, I know this guy has got some uh, an incredible story, but not only that, just a, a wealth of knowledge that you can tap into. Um, and, and I mean, I was scrolling through your Instagram the other day and one thing that I realized, man, well, two things. One, just super consistent. Uh, I'm sure that's definitely, you know, paid off over the years. Um, but also how much you pour into the industry. Uh, and, and I think that that's so important. Anyone that peeps your work or wants to go and have a scroll back now, they'll be able to see that you are truly passionate about 
fitness, health, helping people, helping to create transformations, radical change in people's lives and businesses. And that was something that came through for me. And although we've been connected for, you know, probably in the probably time frame of about a year, maybe, maybe a bit longer, um, it's something that stayed. You know, I can see that you're truly passionate about what you do, brother. So that's why I'm excited to have you on. I'm going to dive into your story and hopefully give people an insight into exactly, uh, you know, who you are and what you're about. Yeah, 100%, man. Um, yeah, I've been doing doing the fitness thing for a really long time. And now it's it's so rewarding to be able to give back and help people, you know, just basically raise them up and, and help them because I know how hard it can be you know, struggling with everything going on. So to be able to get back to where I was, you know, so many years ago, it feels tremendous, you know, so I uh, appreciate you uh, taking a look, man, in, in the positive words, man. Nah, man, 100%. <clears throat> so before we dive deep, we get to the the real, the real guts of the story. Um, let's do a little background. So you're fitness business coach now, but you, you, you turned from a fitness coach. Uh, before that, you've been featured in, you know, magazines, uh, competitive bodybuilder, which, by the way, I admire. I've done a show myself a few years ago. It's hard. <laughs> it's, <laughs> there's another level of discipline involved in that. To do it once is one thing, but to do it, you know, more than once it definitely requires something out of you that not many people could give. Um, sponsored athlete. Uh, I saw that you were sponsored at some point by Optimum Nutrition, which is a great brand. You know, I used to use Optimum Nutrition for my, for my gold standard way. Um, so you've been around the block, you've done a few circles. Um, so let's unpack it all, man. Let's, let's really dive in. And I want you to start with what life was like before you found fitness. So in fact, fuck that before you even lifted a dumbbell up, before you <laughs> even, before you even heard a clink in the gym by, you know, the, the iron plates, like, what was life like for you? Where were you born and how did you grow up, brother? Yeah. So um, I, I grew up without a dad. So it was just it was just me and my mom. I was a single mom. Um, she raised me. I was born in San Francisco, California, and uh, lived there for the first five years of my life. And, you know, we grew up poor. So we lived in a little teeny apartment. It was more we used to call it the shoebox because it was like just a little flat. It was one room. So you had your bed in one area and then you have a little refrigerator and you got we had a little uh, black and white turned dial TV that you would have to move the antenna to try to get a channel to work. <laughs> and um, and that was it back in San Francisco, man. And um, my mom didn't want to uh, to raise me in that type of environment. We had bars in the windows. I couldn't even go outside. It was in Richmond area. Um, for those of you who know where that is, it's um, so. Anyways, uh, we moved to Santa Rosa, which is about 50 miles north of Santa, of San Francisco. And in the quest for my mom to be able to raise me in a, in a better area where I can actually go and, and play outside and, and those type of things, it was it was nice. Um, but she worked a lot. You know, she uh, she tried to make ends meet the best that she can. So we did a lot of moving around. I don't know if it was because we were getting evicted or what, but it seemed like every six months we were moving into a new apartment, like, you know, just one after another. So it made it really hard for me to be able to build stable friendships because I was always going into new schools, right? So um, one of the things that I lacked is I lacked a male role model. I didn't have anybody, you know, there to kind of show me the ropes and help groom me into becoming a man, um, you know, and it, it was it was hard because my mom was gone working a lot of the time. So it was just me by myself. And, um, and so what she ended up doing was when I turned 
uh, 11 years old, I had an epiphany and, and we were driving in the car and I was, I actually just started breaking down uh, crying and it was just out of nowhere. Um, and I just said, mom, like, I, I, I need to have a male role model in my life. It's, it's driving me crazy. And I was asking her like, where's my dad? You know, why isn't he in my life? And she didn't have any answers. So what happened was um, my mom actually, she took a trip to Puerto Rico, right? Uh, she met my dad and there, that's where they made me. She got pregnant. Um, and for whatever reason, my mom was also an alcoholic. I didn't mention that. So she was an alcoholic as well, off and on. So she dealt with that pretty much her whole life. And I think it was, had something to do with her drinking. Uh, so my father and her got into an argument and um, I don't know if he hit her, something happened like that. I'm trying to get the whole story. I still don't even know. And uh, she moved back and that's where she moved to San Francisco when she was uh, seven months pregnant with me. Wow. And then she had me all, all by herself. So, um, bro, I, know, I just want to say, man, thank you for sharing that. The, the it's hard hitting, and, and um, certainly for me, I, I resonate. Uh, you know, I, I didn't have a dad either. My dad, my dad left when I was born, and as far as I knew, um, he just didn't want me. This was all the way up until uh, last year uh, when I was speaking to my mum, who at the time was just coming out of like a real deep depression. Um, she dealt with a lot of childhood trauma, things like that. But when she was talking to me, she let slip that he didn't leave. She told him to go. And for nearly 30 years of my life, I had assumed and built this story that my dad just didn't want me. Like he just didn't, he wasn't interested. He just left when I was born. So, and the, when you just said then, you know, you're still trying to kind of piece that story together of what that looks like, bro, I fucking hits hard man because you know there's 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 just a lot in that for me man so thank you for um thank you for doing that bro yeah 100 man i just feel like i gotta get the the story out and let people know how everything kind of started connecting you know so um and then from there it was just growing growing up and and not having a male role model so the way i got my male role models i used to watch there's a show called the incredible hulk with lou ferrigno yeah back in the day I, I, I'm old. I'm older than you might think. So um, I'm actually 45 years old. So back then there was a show where Lou Ferrigno would actually rip his shirt off, turn into the Incredible Hulk. You guys know about the Hulk and everything now, but I don't think you guys saw the original episodes. Oh so, shit! He was painted like these motherfuckers don't even know. Like these teenagers nowadays, they're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I know, I know the Hulk. Yeah, that CGI. Nah, nah, yeah. nah. <laughs> he was a freaking beast, and so I got so enamored with like, man, like this dude has so much muscle. He's so strong so powerful like nobody would fuck with him nobody would make him mad if he got if he got mad he would rip his shirt off turn into the hulk and like blast you you know what i mean so what i started doing is i got motivated and i wanted to turn into that incredible hulk because i had so many frustrations that were built up so i would actually i would have certain shirts that i would rip apart and i'll walk around my apartment and when my mom would piss me off i'd be like mom don't make me mad you don't want to see me angry and i would start ripping off my shirt and like expecting to turn into the incredible hulk and i was always flexing right i was always doing that kind of thing growing up i got pictures of me as like a six-year-old kid still doing like crap most muscular poses i have little little abs already you know as, as a kid so i guess i was born to kind of do that thing and so that was my first um kind of role model I know it's sad to say that's my first male role model that I had growing up, you know, so um, that just motivated me. So I knew that I wanted to become powerful. I wanted to become strong. 
right? And so um, fast forward to, you know, continuing to grow up and, and now I'm uh, 10 years old and, you know, I break down in, in, in the car with my mom and I'm just like, I need, I need to find out some, some answers. I need to have a male role model in my life. This is driving me freaking crazy. And um, so what, what she did was she called a big brother from the big brothers program. Right. And that's a, a program that actually matches you up with, you know, a guy that will kind of be like a big brother to you and, and take you out now and then. So um, I got matched up with a guy. His name is Elliot Dom. And he's still like my best friend. He was the best man in my wedding. You know, when I got when I got married, we're still connected. And I still love that guy, man. Um, wow. And he basically was there for me and gave me that opportunity to kind of grow and, and showed me some different things that I would never have gotten, right? He would take me to the San Francisco Giants baseball games at Candlestick Park. And we watched some of the all-time greats, Will Smith or Will, Will Clark, uh, Kevin Mitchell, Jose Uribe. I remember all those guys we used to go there and eat, you know, peanuts. And I'd be like, man, this is so much fun. And, um, you know, we'd go and play basketball. And then when I turned 12 uh, for my birthday, he got me a gym membership. And I was like, oh, my God, Not, like it was so like powerful for me to finally have a gym membership. And I remember when I got to a point that I was lifting half as much weight as he is able to lift. Right. This is like, you know, after, you know, so many years of working out and he was always, you know, he used to be a, an athlete. You know, he was played football and basketball and baseball and so forth. And then. I joke around, you know, with him, like, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, I used to joke around because I was like, man, let's, let's see if you get half the weight that, that I can lift down. <laughs> so, you know, it's just kind of an inside joke that we have, you know, between each other, but that was a major game changer for me was having a, a big brother from the big brothers program, man, just because, mm. you know, I had some friends growing up too. And, and um, it seemed like most of my friends didn't have, didn't have dads either. I don't know why yeah. it's just like, we just connected in school and, you know, some of them actually are, are in prison now, you know, unfortunately. And then I have a couple that aren't that, you know, do okay. Well, so this, this is know. the, this is the importance of having, uh, you know, a positive person in your life or positive people in your life, isn't it? Because, you know, that could have been you, you know, you could have ended up in prison, you know, you yeah. could have ended up, could have ended up somewhere way less desirable than where you're at now. Um, but the, it's that importance of having somebody around you that you look up to like a mentor or a coach or a brother or a dad some something some type of person a role model and you know if i can think about right now if we can just scope in on on the importance of that and and just relate this to someone in that in who may be looking at growing their fitness business so we'll just skip forward and think about this right now like if you're listening to this podcast and you're like yo i resonate like i don't feel like i've got anyone in my corner because Trust me, you don't have to be a kid to not have someone in your corner. You could be a fucking fully grown man and still not have anyone in your corner. So if, if, if you're feeling that, you know, who do you have around you? Because this is, this is really fucking important. This is the stuff that will change your life. Look, when it comes to stories, I, I, I always say to people that it's not just your story. It's other people's story. Your story is just one story out of 7.7 .7 billion other stories. And what the fucked up part is, is that your story affects someone else's and their story affects yours. And the, the, the combination of two people's stories, like you're hearing here, Tobias and, and Elliot, was it? Yeah. Yep. Changed the trajectory of his life completely. This is important. 
you know? This is so key. So you had someone in your corner. You had someone that you could look up to. And, you know, I bet that day was brilliant, man. When he got you that membership, I bet that day felt so good, bro. Yeah. And so, you know, one of the first things that he did for me, too, was he got me a personal trainer and some personal trainer lessons. So I learned how to get the form down and everything. This is at 12 years old. So I started working out consistently since 12. People are like, you know, damn, you know, how long is it, you know, will it take me six months to look like, you know, how you think I'm like, bro, I've been doing this for so long and it's just a part of, you know, my lifestyle now. And I need it for my mental sanity. If I don't work out for a couple of days, something like that, when I know that like I need it, I feel off and I feel like something's missing. It's almost like going a day without brushing your teeth and without taking a shower. There's something that you're just like, man, I just don't feel the same. Like something feels off. So for me, that, that kind of gets my aggressions. It gets my mental sanity straight and it makes me have like freaking amazing, powerful days. Yeah. Uh, so. That, and, and, ha- and, and how you do one thing is how you do all things. So like how you're training or how you approach your training is no doubt how you approach your business. It's how you approach your relationships. It's how you approach your clients. Like that, that, that again is just another powerful thing that people to take away there. Um, so bro, I, I just want to skip back and stay in this place right now because it, you know, right now you have a winner's mindset. Right now you have a, a fucking winner's mindset, but you didn't always have that. There, you know, growing up in the place that you did, that's a poverty mindset. And I know that because I grew up in some super bad places. And trust me, you are a product of your environment, period. You just become part of the furniture. And unfortunately for a lot of people, you stay there. <laughs> no matter if your externals do change, your environment does change. In here is what's important. So you know, looking at your story and basing your answer off your story, what do you think the, what, what do you think could help someone shift if they feel like they're stuck in a poverty mindset right now, based on your story, your experiences, how could you help that person shift right now into a winner's mindset? Someone that's ready to fucking go. Anything's freaking possible. And you have to realize that um, some of the best and most powerful, powerful people with the best stories come from nothing at all. I mean, I'm sure you've heard this a million times. Like you take a look at Oprah, who's one of the most powerful, richest women in the world. She grew up with nothing, like literally nothing. So you have the choice to decide whether you want to like, you know, have self-pity and be like, oh, dear me, like I have it so bad, like I can't grow out of this. And, you know, it's just not meant for me. This is what I'm meant to do is work a nine to five and, you know, work, you know, punch the clock. No, like if you want something better than freaking do it. You know, you have to decide and you have to take those next steps on what you want to do. You have to figure out what you want to do. Do you want to impact people? Like there's different people. Like you, you may have the, the type of mindset that doesn't care about impact. But if you're if you're on this show, I don't think that's you. I think you are one of those type that wants to make a motherfucking impact in your life and 100%. other people's lives. Right. So my, my main thing is figure out what you want to do, who you want to impact, and then do the steps necessary to find out what you need to do to get there. And mm. anybody can get there. There's abundance of freaking materials, everything on the internet. Um, but really put into action is when you when you get a coach. Right? So, you know, some of the best coaches in the world have a coach themselves, right? You mm. take a look at Tony Robbins. You think he does that all by himself? No, he's had mentors, right? That's what it's all about. Whether you do or whether you don't, just decide what you want to do and freaking go for it. 
It's that simple. I love so, that, man. And you had a coach. Happened. Elliot was your coach. You may not have seen him that way at the time, but that's what it is. He was a mentor, a coach, a brother, you know? So I think it's just so important, man. What a great way to put it. So tell, tell us a bit more about, let's keep unpacking this, uh, this, this journey into fitness because, you know, again, I think anyone that listens to you, looks at your content, they can see that this is part of your life. Like this is who you are. Like, was it, was it always like that though? Or did you fall off the wagon early? Did you, did you struggle? Um, you know, just unpack some of that for us as well, bro. Yeah. So, um, one of the things that kind of kept, kept me going was being in sports. And I got to thank at least my mom for that, because she did a good job of, you know, when it started off when I was younger, it was being in, in soccer. And then, you know, it's not like she had a lot of money, but she still knew that I, I had to have an outlet to something. And, you know, she saw that type of, you know, athletic potential. So probably because she didn't want me like ramsacking the house for the shit. So she's <laughs> like, get outside, go, go run, do something. So I started off with soccer, got involved with, with that. Then I got into baseball um, growing up and then I wrestled through junior high and high school. Um, was going to continue to go into wrestling into junior college and, and on a, uh, but I, I was tired of cutting weight. Like, it, you know, in, in high school, I was cutting from like 188 pounds down to 160s. I had a coach named uh, Coach Jackson. He was um, one of the Olympic uh, trials guys for the 1980 Olympics, but it was like when it was banned, he's from Oklahoma, all American wrestler. And the dude was badass. And he's like, Tobias, you're a leader. You're a freaking captain. You're a 160 pounder. Like, he, <laughs> I just got burnt out of cutting weight. So then I was like, you know what? Now I'm, I'm going to play football. And so I actually never had played football in my life. And I went in and walked on at, uh, at junior college, San Rosa Junior College, and started playing football with these guys, man. Um, and this was zero football experience, just on raw will on what I wanted to do. You know, mixed in with that, too, I, I did boxing um, when I was 15 and 16 years old. And then they closed down the boxing place where I was at. So I had to choose another outlet. So, you know, obviously the wrestling and, and so forth. Um, and then after that, I got into jujitsu. I started training at the original, uh, like Lions Den with, you know, over at the, with Shamrock and Vernon White and Tony Glendale and those guys, they had a spot That's in Chula Vista. Yeah. Like way back, like 20 years ago, back when UFC was like, just like UFC one and UFC two was, was coming <laughs> out there. Right. And, um, like they kick people in the heads back then, man. <laughs> no, they would do all kinds <laughs> of crazy shit, headbutting and stuff. And uh, yeah, Ken Shamrock's dad, his name was Bobby. He was like, we want you to be a fighter. We want you to be in the fighter house and all this stuff. I'm like, I had a job right across the street as a personal trainer back, you know, at, at 24 Hour Fitness. And I was like, well, how am I going to pay the bills? We'll just get a job as a bouncer. And I, I had to decide the route that I wanted to go. Did I want to go and like pursue, you know, fighting or did I want to actually pursue fitness and I think I chose the right thing where I, I was like, I want to choose fitness. And I did it, you know, the jujitsu and things and um, MMA more is like recreation where it was just fun and, and more of an outlet. And so I started back in 1999 as a personal trainer. And I wow. was at first I wasn't going to do it because I was so damn passionate about working out. I was like, what if I just get burned out on being in a gym and I lose my passion. Like I struggled with that. And that's why I didn't want to be a personal trainer because I loved fitness so damn much that yeah. I was scared that I would lose my passion for it. But all it did was fuel me to even get even better. So, mm. you know, from there, I was just like, oh man, like all these different certifications you can get and all that stuff. And I felt like the more that I learned, like the more I realized I didn't know. 
And so I was just like, like sponge. I was reading every single muscle magazine you could imagine. And half the stuff is bullshit and half of it's good. You know, you never know what you're getting out of all that. And then I was like, man, I want to be on the cover. I want to be in muscle and fitness someday. That, that was my, that was my goal back in, in 99, you know, going through all this stuff. And I just fell in love with the training aspect and, yeah. you know, Soon I grew up and went up in the corporate ranks and started, you know, um, having my own, you know, fitness manager where you manage and then got into, you know, I did, you know, fitness, uh, district fitness manager, then you get a general manager and district manager. So I did all those different positions with some of the big yeah. corporate teams, um, 24 hour fitness, goals, gym, in shape, health clubs. And, um, you know, so well, I've been doing that the whole, the whole time for, well, for two days. One of the, one of the things that, that really jump out here is um you know some trainers become trainers because there's something to do and then great trainers become trainers because training changed their life it changed their fucking life and one thing that's jumping out at me here is like you did it because it changed your life you didn't just do it because it was something to do. You didn't do it because, hey, it pays the bills. You didn't do it because college kicked you out of the mechanics course that you did, like it happened to me. Um, you didn't do it for any of these other reasons. You did it because you were passionate about it, because you loved it, because you just had, you just had a desire to be in the space and to help people and to help yourself. I mean, that's where it starts. And that, for me, is what fitness is the same thing. It changed my life completely you know i say even today that two things changed my life one is fitness it's boxing specifically um kept me out of prison and dying and then the second one was storytelling which freed me from the shackles that held me back uh, internally and were just creating destructive patterns in my life that, that was going to end me in prison or dead death so those two things really changed the game and when i look back on my fitness journey there was nothing else that i would have rather have done than pursue helping someone else like because i fucking loved it and that is what's jumping out here is you know you're in the right field like i can't imagine speaking to you now if you were just done jujitsu like, you'd, be, you'd be talking about oh, i'm just about to get my purple belt <laughs> <laughs> you did it because you loved it and and yeah. that is just so huge would you agree that that is something that if someone's listening to this now and they may have just you know i don't know covid their job you know, got binned, whatever, um, you know, that's, they, they lost their job in wherever they come from and they're thinking, oh, you know, I might be able to get into the online training thing. What, what would your advice be for those people? Yeah. Getting in for the right reasons. Like I'll just tell you before I got into personal training, I did that in 99 because I finally gave in to myself because, um, I decided I'm just going to go for it. Cause I, like I said before, I didn't want to do it because I loved it so freaking much, but I was doing things like, uh, you know, working as a bartender and a and a server for Johnny Garlics, like way back in the day. Guy Fieri hired me. Um, I did door to door alarm sales. Right. Uh, I got sick of doing that shit. I I did. Uh, I worked at a bank, Wells Fargo. Right. And I was like a teller. And I was like, dude, this is going to freaking drive me crazy. I can't do this. <laughs> and then um, what else did I do? I worked at a grocery store for five and a half years for Albertsons. Right. I did you know, every position under the sun and the, the store director was like, so do you want to grow with us? And I was like, do you want me to be honest with you? It's like, yes, of course. I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> so uh, I got out of that shortly after I just decided like, you know what, 
um, this isn't gonna, this isn't gonna work. And so, um, you know, I pursued, you know, personal training and in the beginning as a personal trainer, you know, it is freaking hard. You know, I was working at a bank part-time and doing that. And I just like, let go of the bank. I said, I want to, I want to go all in. And so that's when I, when I dove all in, man. And from there, it just like blew up. That's when I started getting into more into fitness and even more into like what I was already doing. So I started um, deciding I wanted to compete. I was like, man, I want to do a show. Um, so in 2002, I did my very first bodybuilding show, right? I stepped in and, you know, I didn't even know a whole lot of what I was doing. I cut from like 212 pounds down to like 173 pounds. And I got, I was like 4% body fat, 4.3. I got, you know, hydrostatic tested for my very first show, which is good, but I lost like all my muscle. I wasn't doing it right. You know what I mean? So, um, I started myself. And then from there, what you do is you're like, man, if I only had like a bigger back and bigger shoulders, I can do. So then what I did was I challenged myself to get better every single time. I competed from 2002 to 2017 was my last show. Um, because I had that, that quest to continue to want to, you know, improve myself and better. I competed every single year, right? I blew up my ACL playing football one of my years, but uh, so I didn't, you know, compete in, in that year. But um, every other year I, I competed, you know, multiple times, most of the years too. And I ended up turning pro, not by having the top genetics, even though I had good genetics, I didn't have the best genetics. There's people with better genetics out there, but mm -hmm. I beat them based on my determination and me outworking their ass. Yeah. Like that's what you have to do is if you're willing to freaking outwork your, co your competition, you're going to shine and you're going to rise above them. Okay. Absolutely. So, I mean, same thing. You take a look at Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan, some of these, the best basketball players, like, you know, they probably didn't, they have, you know, great, great skills, but they had to work harder than everybody else to get to that stage where they're at. Fuck and yeah. so that was my mindset is just continue to get better and better and better. And I knew like, no matter how good I was, I can always get better. I went a show. I wasn't happy. I wanted to get better. I wasn't in a, a competition with anybody else who was on the stage. You know who my competition was? Myself. That's who I was in competition with. People would come up to me like, well, you know, X, Y, and Z, all these different guys are going to be competing in the show. Aren't you? Aren't you? Worried? I said, no, I'm not worried about them. I, I don't care. I don't even know who they are. Like, they're like, you don't know who they are. They're in all these magazines and Love stuff. Love that, like, man. I don't care. I'm in competition with myself. Like, if I know I gave 100% effort and I, and I showed, you know, gave my best condition ever, that is a freaking win to me. Yeah. If I win, if I beat everybody, but I didn't give it my all and I don't look as good as I possibly could, then I'm not happy. Mm. Right. So I was always in competition with myself. And that's something that like carried over into everything that I do with, with work, with everything um, is I strive to always be a perfectionist. It's kind of like, yeah. you know, one of those traits, but it's what's going to it's going to rise you up from from the competition, man. Absolutely, bro. You said about going all in and, and I actually used to have a question on this show about the moment that people went all in. And the reason why I asked that question, I fucking love that question. I ain't asked that question in a long time because these aren't particularly scripted in any way, shape or form. Um, but when you mentioned going all in, like you said it blew up after that. It didn't blow up before that. It didn't blow up when you had your foot half in the door, half out the door. It didn't blow up when you were thinking about getting paycheck from the bank or from the whatever fucking wherever it was. It blew up once you stepped out and you went all in. And this is big because people never blow up because they never go all in. They never blow up because they never go all in. So what is stopping you from going all in? 
Yeah, ask the question. You've got to ask the question to yourself because when you ask the question to yourself, your brain is going to start finding fucking answers to that question. And it might just be something stupid. It might be something ridiculous. Like, ah, I'm afraid if I go all in, then, you know, I might not be able to cover my rent next month. Tobias, what do you say about that? What do you say about that? What do you say about that when someone says they can't go all in because of X, Y, Z narrative in their head? That just means they don't want to be great at what they do. Like literally, if you want to be great at what you do, you you just focus on the outcome that you want to be and you do anything that it takes to get there. Like literally just do what it takes to get there. If you try, there's so many coaches out there, right? That they try to do so many different things. They have a million and one different offers and they try to do like all this stuff and they throw it all at the wall and they're like, which one's going to stick? I'm going to, let me do Amway. Let me do fitness coaching. Let me do this. And, and one of them's bound to work, right? But when you put 20% 20% into all these things, you, you get 2% done of, of, of nothing. Like you're literally doing nothing. You're spinning your wheels and you're not getting shit done. So what you have to do is you have to decide what you really want to do and go hundred percent all in and let everything else take care of itself. If you truly believe, then you shall achieve. Like it's, I know it sounds like a cliche, but that is really what it takes is you have to go all in and um, that's when you're going to be the best at, at what you're going to want to do, because then you're going to do all the research to be the best, right? If you have so many different hats that you're trying to do and so many different offers and like, you know, five different businesses that you're, that you're trying to work on simultaneously, it's going to pull you away and you will literally not get shit done. Trust me, I've tried it. I've been there and I failed at the different type of, you know, models with, with that. And the moment that you decide this is what I'm going to give 100% of my attention to, it's like a it's like a road gets magically cleared and everything like if you're in a, a crowded traffic street, all the cars just freaking pull apart and you just able to walk straight down there and pass everybody else up. This is some Evan Almighty shit. It's fucking true. You said a minute ago, like, oh, it's cliche. It does sound cliche, but it it, it 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 does sound that way. But this is this is people have proved this. This has been proven. It's one of the only it's one of the reasons why. I'm here now on this podcast and why I'm not, you know, still driving a van for a living, for example, because my mentor told me that anything is fucking possible. And when you believe that it's possible, you will achieve it if you believe it enough. And I was like, man, get out of here with all that. That's, that's some cliche. But because I saw him do it, he'd done 14 times national bodybuilding champion. He had done a seven figure business. He was leading he was showing up. He'd done it. I was like, damn, if he's saying it and he's done it, it must be possible. It must be true. And, you know, I'm still trying to dial in how to manifest things in my life. Like Tobias was saying, like, it's like when you want to, bam, all the cars move and, and you just clears the path. It, although it doesn't happen like that, if you believe it's going to happen like that, you might just start moving some cars. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Because then you can focus 100% of your marketing on exactly the one thing that you're trying to build. Otherwise, you know, you know that if you're trying to focus on just like having an avatar, right? You know, you hear that all the time. And when I first started doing um, online coaching 11 years ago, I actually tried, um, people would tell me about the avatar, right? And I was like, nah, forget that, man. I can, I can help guys, you know, freaking compete. I can help you know, overweight people lose weight. I can help, you know, corporate, cause I've, you know, did that for my whole life, right? So many, so many years. And I, I knew I can get that type of result. 
And so when you try to market that, and then you're wondering like, why are people not resonating with my messaging? Because you have 10 different freaking messages going out. Like you're trying to attract 10 different types of people. No, when you isolate it down and you just narrow on helping one person solve one particular problem, then it's just like, bam, like a bright light is getting shined right on you, right? So that's what you have to do is you have to just narrow everything down and, and then everything's gonna come into place for you, man. That's it. So I wanna, I wanna talk about the, uh, the transition to, to fitness business coaching because I mean, we could talk all day back and forward about your journey as a fitness coach. Um, but I think what people will get a lot more value out of for the remainder of this episode is you talking about you transitioning to a fitness business coach, why you did that, like what was the burning desire deep down inside to want to do that? Because it's a risk. It's a risk transitioning. Once you've got something working and you, your offers converting and your audience is built, especially on social fucking media, like it's a risk to take a sidestep and start doing something else. So it takes a lot of balls to do that. Um, so I think that people will get a lot of value out of this part of your story, particularly, and also, you know, give some insights into, you know, why you transitioned and, and ultimately who you're helping now and why you're helping those people, man. Yeah. Well, to boil it down, man, I, I believed in myself and I believed what I can do. So I wasn't really worried about like, Oh man, I mean, you're always going to have those, those, you know, things like, should I keep doing what I'm doing? But you know, if you keep doing what you're always doing, you're going to keep getting what you've always got. So I wanted to give back to all the fit pros, all the personal trainers, because I've, I've been there and I know the, the struggles. And so I didn't start even doing business coaching. I've been asked so many times, like Tobias, you know, do you do any, any coaching for trainers or anything? And I was like, no, I don't. They're like, well, you should. And I'm like, you know, no, I've been doing fitness coaching for, for so many years, you know, I kind of, you know, I like, I like what I do. And then, you know, I, I ran into my, my business partner, Van, and um, we used to, to manage a corporate gym, you know, um, in shape health clubs. I was the, I believe I was the district manager, the general manager at, at one of the clubs. And he was like the district, like the fitness side, you know, fitness manager. And I ran, you know, like the clubs. And so we used to work together and we used to go hand in hand and help build the teams and, you know, go through all the sales processes and basically help the company grow. And we just, we reconnected on, on Facebook somehow. I don't even, I don't even remember how it was like, we're like, Hey, how you been, man? Da, 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 da. And we, we just started chopping it up. And, you know, I found out that that's what he was doing. And um, he was like, man, like, why aren't, why aren't you doing this? You would be amazing. Like you would be able to help out so many so many trainers and things. And, and um, I was hesitant at first. I'd always kind of wanted to, but I like, to be honest, I was scared. I was like, man, it's, uh, it's something new. Cause I know when I go into something, I go all in. And, <laughs> and that's, that's the thing is like, I knew I would have to just like completely go all in with, with what I wanted to do. But I've, I've been debating that, you know, off and on and, um, you know, being able to help personal trainers, you know, grow their, grow their business. So they don't have to go through all the struggles. Like I struggled in the beginning, like, man, the first five years was like rough, rough. Like I tried to do all these different things. I would, you know, get a, I paid $2,000 for one website, $4,000 for another website, because they were saying, you know, oh, you need a website to convert. It's not about the website. Like literally, I know so many six figure coaches that don't even have a website. Like, 
you start focusing on all the wrong things and then you see all this marketing all these shiny pennies out there like oh if you do this and you build a funnel and the money will come, like all this stuff and so i basically chased the wrong the wrong things like if you know the 80 20 rule right where mm -hmm. you got to focus on the 20 percent that gives you 80 percent of the result um i was focusing on just everything in general and, and trying to make it all work and i was i was literally working bell to bell i was managing a gym still um, and I was doing, you know, fitness coaching on the side. I've been, you know, optimum athlete. I was on the covers of the magazine. So I had people like, you know, reaching out to me and connecting and, and wanting help. And you know what? I just decided after that, like, I want to help the trainers because I learned, I got it down. And I was like, oh shit, like this is what it takes. And, you know, I hired mentors myself. And that's really when I got the most clarity is I, I've hired a lot of different mentors, a lot of different mm. business coaches. Right now I have a business coach. I'm, I'm with Taki, you know? Um, yeah. great mastermind, the black belt, um, crew. And, Moore, um, yeah, 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 he, yeah. He's awesome. So, um, there was, a, there, was the, there was a period of time as well. We spoke, uh, I remember briefly back in 2020, uh, tail end of 2019, we, we also spoke about, um, potentially working together as well. And that was something that I think we can dive into now is, you know, mentorship. Uh, we touched on it earlier, but going into that again, like, it's just extremely important. Like people that feel like they could do it by themselves, mainly never do it by themselves. I mean, there are anomalies. People do get there. Um, but how hard do you want to work? How many mistakes do you want to make? I mean, you know, there is that thing though of, you know, it's a trade-off because I, you know, I would not give up what I, the shit that I've been through in my life for nothing. I wouldn't give up. I would, even if someone offered me a fucking million pound, I would prefer to take my advertisement and my lessons and my mistakes, but you know, it's a trade-off. Um, you, you're getting, when you hire a mentor, you're getting access to just avoiding all the shit and the shit could cost you your relationships. It could cost you your job. It could cost you like a lot. So it, it's a trade-off, man. Yeah. You're either going to trade your time. And when I, when I say time, I'm not talking like a couple months, <laughs> If you're going to try to figure out something like this, it's, it's going to be a long time. It took me years before I really started figuring things out. So you're either going to trade your time or you can trade your money and just basically get the systems that freaking work where you don't have to try to reinvent the wheel. Like there's systems that are already set up, which are known to work and you implement certain things. And it's like, oh, like it's just like, bam, like it just opens up so many things and you can add your own, you know, touch and flavor to it. So you know, you can do one, one, of, one of the two, like you can learn in, in three months what it may take somebody five years to learn, or you can spend those five years and hope, <laughs> and hope that you are able to pull it all together. And then you may, <laughs> yeah. you know, spend a lot more money too, burning through things that, you know, you don't really need to have. Like I spent, like I told you, $6,000 on my first two member or websites and I think it was 4,000 each. So I think it was like $8,000 on my first couple wow. of websites. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. Imagine how far ahead you would have got quicker if you'd spent 8K on mentors, man. Like, it's, it's, yeah. it's crazy. And I know that that's still prevalent now for a lot of people that get into the industry. And like I said at the beginning of this, I had some new listeners. So these might be new online trainers or people just transitioning. So let's dive into something super fucking actionable. Um, we've heard some incredible stuff about your story. And, you know, I'm blessed to share this space with you. And I think that as we tie up the end of this podcast, like let's give some action bullshit to these people. So if someone is starting out, if someone is just getting going and maybe they thought when they heard you say about the website, they, maybe that maybe they were like, what? 
I thought that's what I was about to pay someone. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's confusing, right? What tips can you give people based on your story? What tips can you give people? Yeah. So the first thing that you need to narrow down is you really need to know who your target audience is going to be. I mean, that's by far most. Don't try to just go out there and, like I said, throw spaghetti at the wall and ho hope something sticks, right? You have to find your, your ideal client. So they have to obviously have a burning need and they have to have, you know, a want and they have to have, you know, a willing to pay. So there's no use, you know, trying to target, you know, broke college students, right? To, to and you have a, a you know, multi-thousand dollar program is like you want to target people that can actually, you know, pay for your program and you have to have a need on why, why do you want to help these people? So you have to think about that. So you have to have some type of correlation, whether it's a story that you were in, you know, in the past and, and used to work with um, this person or, you know, you help this person make this dramatic transformation. So it relates to you as a mom or, you know, your sister, or maybe you went through it yourself, right? So, you know, you were in these people's shoes that you actually went through and you had to uh, deal with that. So the first thing you want to do, obviously, is get your avatar set up you know, dive in, think about your, your messaging, right? And how you're going to be able to help them. Second thing you need to do is you need to build authority to be able to help that particular type of person, right? Because when you go online, it's going to be so much different than in person. In person is you try, you, you literally can help everybody. Somebody walks through the door and it's like, yeah, I got you. I'll take care of you. Yeah. We'll, we'll work on your program. You know, whether they want to gain muscle, they want to lose fat or, you know, move better, whatever it is like I said, online, narrow it down, and then be the authority in that space. So how are you going to build that know, like, and trust factor? Because if, if you're charging a good, a good amount for your coaching, which you should online, because you, yeah. you, you create a dramatic transformation, you have to have that know, like, and trust factor. So that all comes down yeah. to consistent content. You have to, you know, get out on video. Um, you can't, so many coaches. And, and, and yeah. story, story. I mean, yeah. Tobias is giving you gold here because um, this no like trust uh, phrase, I mean, it's been thrown around in the in the space for so long. I mean, it's kind of washed out, isn't it? The, the no like trust thing, but it's it's so important that you get it. So no, no like trust. I say no love trust when you implement story. When you implement story, it becomes no love trust. People just fucking know you because you've thrown it all out there, man. I mean, come on, like you ain't holding nothing back. You're putting it out there. Uh, they're going to fall in love with that. If they resonate, they fall in love with that. They're going to connect emotionally. And this is the most powerful connection you could possibly have with somebody, not a logistical uh, connection, you know, like, oh, he can help me lo lose this or, oh, you know, he's got the tools for the macros I need. But damn, like you felt that too. You went through this too. So no love, trust. And this gap, um, you know, you really want to focus on closing that as quick as possible um, because no one's going to give you their money when they know you, uh, if, if people like you, they still probably won't give you their money, but if they trust you, they're going to dip their hand in their pocket and pay you. So your job should be closing that gap of intimacy as fast as humanly fucking possible. Notice how I say closing the gap of intimacy. So no like trust, no love trust. When your story becomes involved, they now love you. And this is going to just decrease the amount of time it takes for you to pull those people through those loops. So this is golden stuff. Yeah, man. And then, you know, it's going to be so important that you don't try to be a generalist and you become that specialist in the field. Boom. Right? How, how much does, how much does a, a general doctor make? Well, they do pretty good. They make 200 K a year. 
right? How much does a brain surgeon make? Six to 800K a year. And they do less, like they work with less people. They're narrowed down. They only work with people who have something wrong with their brain. Or, so that's why it's so important that you don't be scared to take away from you know, all the other people out there. Don't try to attract everybody and you wash your messaging out and you get nobody. Like literally the, the tighter down that you can really narrow down your message, that's when you become that specialist in the field. And then you get paid infinite. Like people, if people have that particular problem and they know that you're the one that solves that problem, then who do you think they're going to go to? Are they going to go to somebody, a basic fitness coach where, you know, somebody says, oh, I do meal plans and workouts. No, they're going to go to you, a specialist. Mm, so, bam. Mm. And then, you know, when it comes to your, your content on social media, you also don't want to just post a bunch of random shit, right? You want to be able to have a content strategy in place where, you know, um, you, you have distinct um, a pattern and a platform on why you're taking people through a particular journey. And you also wanna show that you can solve particular problems, right? Um, there's so much, you know, just basic generic type, you know, fitness content out there that are like infographics and things that you, that you can do. Like literally everybody's seen those. So you have to create like some powerful, some powerful content of you. What's gonna distinguish you from everybody else? It's gonna be one, your story for one, right? And everything that you can transform is going to be different. Otherwise, people, why would they even need to, you know, work with you when they have, when there's 2,000 other fitness coaches they see on their feed that are having the same infographics, or they can mm -hmm. go on bodybuilding.com and, you know, download a menu plan for free, right? Or, or workout plan. So that's the next thing is really dialing in your social media content and then have something, you know, tangible that you can give them. So like a lead magnet, right? So you want to be able to give them something that's going to help you know, solve a small portion of their problem. So you want to get your message out to as many people as possible. And, um, you know, by doing that, you're going to be able to build your list, right? If Facebook closed down tomorrow, what's going to happen? You have to have, you know, a backup plan. So you have to have an email list. And so the, the best way to do that is to actually, you know, have a, a lead magnet where you can trade in exchange for that. And then you can nurture your list until they're ready to buy. Because most people aren't going to want to buy with, you know, buy your, your program right off the bat anyway. So it's going to be one of those long-term games. So the money's made in the follow-up as well. Mm. So you have to think about that. How are you following up with, with prospects? What happens if you get on the phone with them and they don't buy from you? Are you giving yeah. up and just moving on to the next? Are you nurturing those people and letting them, uh, getting them to know you more and trust you more over the long, to, to love you more, right? Over the, yeah. over the long haul. That's going to be- This is, this is power, bro. You're talking about rejection. So let me share a real quick story, right? I uh, worked with a client back in 2020, um, beginning of the year, just before I stepped out the coaching space. And this person said, you know, I can't sell. I was like, what do you mean you can't fucking sell? You, uh, part of your job, you have to sell. <laughs> it's like, I can't sell. Um, okay, fine. You need to move through this. Can't sell. Done sales calls. Gave them some systems as well to generate leads. Give the sales call. Blowing them all. Just bombing them all. And what we figured out was that once this person had gone through their story, they were able to find out the reason why they struggled with sales. It was because of a rejection that they faced when they were younger. So they were just deeply afraid of rejection. And this fear of rejection meant that they weren't showing up on the call properly. They weren't saying the right things. They weren't following a script. They weren't connecting with the person because deep, deep down, they were just afraid of being rejected. So 
maybe start with your story maybe start looking at that and saying well you know i mean all the answers are in there first and foremost every single answer to what you're looking for is in your story so maybe starting with this and 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 going into that and if you do struggle with things like rejection it may not be that you need another system because you could then float to three or four or five different sales processes and still not get the result and that's uh that's something that i just you know, wanted to share is is you know sometimes we just need to dial in on on our story and you know like you've heard and had insights today from tobias and i think that this is exactly why i wanted to get you on because the insights that you've managed to share today are going to provide that roadmap there will be people no doubt that feel the same way that might be stuck in the mud that might just not be able to move forward so brother just want to say man we need to do this again Yes, absolutely, man. And like two things I want, I want to say on that. Like one of them is obviously so powerful to share your story. And why is that? Because now people are going to be able to relate to you. Whereas before, maybe they didn't feel like they had anything in common. And they're like, oh my gosh, I, could, I feel this person. Like I completely relate. So that is going to be the best way to get people to relate to you. Mm. right? And then also, I wanted to say is on the, the sales calls, so many, so many personal trainers and coaches, what they do is they get so enamored with, I have to close this lead. I have to do this. I want to make 10K this month, whatever it is. Like, I have to. And people can sniff that. Like, they can sniff that you're just in it for the sale as opposed for the transformation. Mm. So you have to completely remove yourself from the outcome of whether they purchase or whether they don't purchase. And you have to think if they are a good fit, then you feel sorry for them without getting your help. Like literally it has to be like, oh shit, I don't want these people to continue to live the life like they are without getting my help. Mm -hmm. And if they aren't a good fit, you have to be able to man up or woman up, whatever you are and say, you know what? You're not a good fit for my program, but I'll refer you to somebody who maybe would be a better fit for you. Don't just try to sell just to get you know money or get another client. You have to once once you have a grasp on that, and you've actually declined people who want to enroll with you. Boom! It's just like so much more powerful in in your sales process. So important. It, it, it opens the gate as well, right? When we turn away a client because they don't fit, it opens the gate for another one to walk in. And this part that you said about um, so this ties in two things. So. I've had people say to me recently, you know, uh, I've slowed down sharing my story because of the COVID. You know, I don't want to make it seem like it's all about me. People are dying, blah, 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 blah. Now, regardless of your beliefs on COVID or what, and if you know me and you've been following my content, you know that I feel a kind of certain way about COVID. Anyway, um, if you've ever wondered, ties into Tobias's point here, if you've ever wondered like, ah, shit, I just don't know how I'm supposed to relate to these people. There's now one common denominator. We've all just lived through COVID. Share your fucking COVID story. Share about how it felt to lose your gym. Share about how it felt to have to work out at home, to have to change gears, to switch gears, change, you know, build the momentum again. Maybe you fell off track. Maybe they're falling off track. Maybe they also had their gym closed. So you see how many parallels you begin to build. So the COVID story thing is uh, it's actually sneak peek, something that I'm working on for my high ticket clients. I'm working on a way that I can help them form a story that is relevant, 
right now. And if you don't want to wait for that or you don't want to come pay me, then fucking just give it a go. Just share now. Talk about COVID. Talk about your story of COVID. You, you've literally got the opportunity to resonate and relate to nearly everybody in the world that's on your social media right now. It's such a gift. And sometimes you have to see it that way. Yeah. No, 100%. Bro, this has been... Um, man, I could first and foremost, I could just chat to you all day, man. You could probably just hit the record button again and go again. Um, thoroughly enjoyed every fucking moment of this and uh, I can't wait to drop this episode. I think people are going to just be able to get so much out of this, but if they want to come connect with you, um, I'm all about super connecting bro. Where can they find you? Do you have any free resources? You can always link me that and I can leave it in the show notes. Like if someone wants to come find you about, about your program and come jam with you in the community, just tell the people where that way where, where they can find you. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, I have a blueprint. I can give you like an online blueprint on how to get your first 10K online. So I'll get you that. Um, but best way to connect is probably social media. So you can connect with me. It's on Instagram. It's Tobias Young uh, one, the number one on Facebook. It's just Tobias Young. And, um, you know, if you want to check out the website that I have for the TNT is uh, tntfitprocoaching.com. So you can see some of the you know success stories and things in there. But really, you know, you can also shoot me a message at Tobias at tntfitprocoaching.com if you want to um, send me a message that way. But really, I just love connecting. So I love to hear, you know, your story. I love to hear, you know, um, one or two takeaways that you were able to get out of the podcast. And yes, I just I love to give value, too. So um, by me doing this, it's 100 percent to to give value to somebody else where, you know, hopefully I can lift up, you know, somebody's spirits and, and make you have a better day. And that's that's all it is for me. So. Um, it's been a pleasure to to be on here, Matt. I know we can we can go on for days on on Easy, all this stuff. Too, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna come and join you guys very very soon. Anyway, I'm pretty sure we got something booked in special, right? So, um, dude, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, we got you lined up in a few weeks. So I'm yeah, I can't wait to have you in the group. That's gonna be epic, man. I'm super stoked, brother, and thank you for uh, thank you for sharing space with me today, man, and the listeners as well, bro. Okay, hey. It's a fucking good day to die. I'll catch you soon, yeah? All right. Appreciate it. Take care. Peace.